Welcome to the Antenu Energy Transition Podcast. Today with an episode on the energy efficiency first principle, together with my ex-colleagues Dr. Jan Steinbach from ERES and Professor Dr. Wolfgang Eichhammer from Fraunhofer ISI. Let's get started. I mean, just to, to give you one figure, I mean, uh, Germany had an energy efficiency target for the year 2020, so uh, two years ago. We missed this energy efficiency target de facto by half. And if we would have achieved this energy efficiency target, it's roughly the equivalent of what we import from Russia today. Welcome to another episode of the Antinew Energy Transition podcast. Today we talk about energy efficiency and the energy efficiency first principle. And I have two very known experts uh, on this on this episode. I'm really happy uh, to have them because they're actually two of my ex-colleagues from Fraunhofer ISI. So on the one hand, I have a gentleman who is professor at Utrecht. He's the, uh, he's the head of the Competence Center Energy Policy and Energy Markets at Fraunhofer ISI. And he also consults or has been consulting the uh, European Commission on a variety on energy efficiency measures um, so far in the last, let's say, 20 years maybe. So welcome to the podcast, Wolfgang Eichhammer. Thanks a lot for inviting me to this podcast, and I'm very happy to talk about uh, energy efficiency, which in my view uh, clearly merits um, the uh, designation as energy efficiency first principle. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> and yeah, obviously, we're going to have a look at uh, what that really is. Um, and I'm going to tell you in a second what we're actually going to talk about. And the second guest uh, that we have, uh, he's the managing director of IRES, which uh, stands for the Institute for Resource Efficiency and Energy Strategies here in Karlsruhe as well, because we are sitting in Karlsruhe at Fraunhofer ISI. And he's uh, also very involved in scientific policy consultancy for governments on the local level, on the national level, on the EU level, and also his institute. To, they do a lot of implementation projects in the energy area. So welcome to the podcast, Jan Steinbach. Yeah, thank you, Julius. Thank you for having me. And I'm happy to see you both uh, in, in it's been some. It's been some time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like before moving to Norway, I worked here at, at Fraunhofer ISI. So I'm really just happy to have, be here with these two colleagues and let's have a look at what energy efficiency really is about. So today, obviously, we're going to talk about what is energy efficiency altogether. We're going to talk about the specific measures on the European level. And then on the second part, we're going to zoom in on one specific sector, which is the building sector. And we zoom in on Germany a little bit, but we're also going to talk about maybe um, sectors, uh, building sectors, maybe in other countries as well. So welcome to this episode and let's get started. Wolfgang, why is efficiency so important? Well, um, let's simply say efficiency per se is, is important. We have to be efficient in many fields, um, in industry, in competition. Uh, if we are efficient, we are good. And the same holds for energy efficiency. We need energy, but uh, energy uh, uses and uh, the production of energy has a lot of consequences on the environment. And we know we are struggling with biodiversity. We are struggling with climate change. Uh, we are struggling with the lack of space uh, in many of our countries. And energy efficiency helps us to better use those spaces. So when we, when we talk about energy efficiency, we, we very often talk about this as one of the instruments when tackling climate change or when tackling the energy energy transition. Can you give us an overview of what the other general measures are and why you think that energy efficiency is um, yeah, has not been looked upon or has not been implemented that much as, as it as it should be, maybe? <clears throat> well we have um, 
Next to energy efficiency, we have certainly renewables as a very important uh, pillar also to the to tackle with the problems I just mentioned. Uh, but um, renewables also have drawbacks. I mean, we know uh, that there's a lot of resistance, for example, to windmills, um, to the use of space uh, we need uh, to set up the renewables. Um, renewables uh, are also uh, tackling uh, or also fighting with a lot of uh, um, secondary effects. And this is the reason why renewables alone cannot be the solutions. We will never have enough space uh, to, to build all the windmills we would need uh, to produce the energy which we are consuming today. So we have to go half the way by energy efficiency and do the rest with renewables or possibly other uh, sources yeah. of energy. When we talk about energy efficiency, I guess that energy efficiency looks very differently in very many different sectors. So it's not just, you know, it's, it's the building sector, obviously, but it's also a lot of appliances. Every computer, every TV can be more um, more, more efficient. What, what, are the, what are the pathways or what are the instruments? What can we do in order to, to increase an efficient use of, of energy in Europe, but also beyond? If you want to know a lot in detail about energy efficiency policies, uh, we have uh, set up a, a European, a large European project called Odyssey Muir. Uh, it's about energy efficiency indicators and energy efficiency policies. Uh, you can consult uh, this project uh, to go into details. But let's uh, formulate it briefly. There are a large number of uh, energy efficiency policies uh, already existing in different sectors. Later on, we will talk about the building sector and uh, the building regulation as a very efficient mean to get uh, buildings better. Uh, but we are um, lacking or not designing our instruments in, in all cases uh, most efficiently. Um, and Why is that? It's energy efficiency measures and means, but we are not designing them in an efficient way. How, 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 why is that? Yeah, it's complex. I will make that transparent with the transport sector. Um, in the transport sector, we have um, quite tight uh, CO2 standards uh, for cars. But CO2 is not the same as, as energy. So um, if I move, for example, my car to electricity, um, it gets more efficient and it gets also decarbonized. But I can, for example, drive a very big car. You know, people today like to drive cars that have a weight of two tons and a half uh, and um, yeah, drive with electricity. And that is not very efficient. Uh, one person of 70 kilo, uh, kilogram in a car that weighs two tons and a half. And this is why our present instruments are respecting, I would say, too much our comfort uh, uh, wishes, which we have so far. Yeah. Do you want to say something on that, Jan? Yeah. You're looking at me. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe just to add uh, another uh, another point. Uh, I think that why, because the question is very good, why is our uh, efficiency policy not that efficient? And I think it's very complex. As you said, there's different sectors, different technologies. It's not as renewables. You have uh, actually the same instruments addressing all the new renewables. Of course, you can um, change the feed-in tariff for different technologies, but for energy efficiency is uh, so uh, Diverse the measures you can can do, and of course the the different actors, the different investors, uh, and we will talk about it maybe when we talk about the building sector. But uh, Wolfgang just said uh, uh, example transport sector where we also have 
like uh, private uh, consumers uh, who value these big cars, and uh, and then you have industry customers who are looking rather on on on, on energy saving costs. So you and, and you have totally different technologies. So it's not very um, easy. And then of course you um, yeah the, the question is uh, if if you talk about regulations, uh, how much you can put on these actors, and what is the uh, and 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 to to have to have an acceptance also for this. Uh, um, yeah, for this um, policies, because you don't see energy efficiency. I mean, you 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 see it's 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 decreasing something. So energy efficiency makes something less. And in renewables, you see it. You see uh, there's a PV on the rooftop, and you see uh, uh, windmills, and so that could also be um, yeah a factor why why it's the energy efficiency policy in some sectors are not as uh, ambitious as it should be. Mm. You just said that energy efficiency can be quite complex. When we I recorded another episode uh, a half a year ago, it, it was with some lobbyists for energy efficiency measures in uh, in Berlin. It was the, the colleagues from DINEF. And they said that it is so complex because all the technology that we look at is so so diverse. So And you can put in measures for very standardized projects, uh, standardized products. For example, if you have a TV, you say, okay, it has an, is a measure of A, B, C, whatever. But then if you have more complex or more intricate technologies or maybe in companies as well that provide a specific function or provide value, it's really hard to label these kind of technologies or machines or whatever. What, what, do you see that as well? Is that is that something that you deal with every day? And what, what can we do in, in order to also label maybe these more intricate, more more complex technologies, or is that just not possible? Well, industry is a good ex example there. I mean, you have um, um, the so-called eco-design um, directive, um, which covers um, all sectors more, more or less, and uh, there are a large number of different product categories. Most people know naturally refrigerators uh, or freezers in, in households or washing machines. These are mostly B2C products, but are, do they also exist for, for B2B products? Let me let me come to to industry. I mean, they, they exist also for industrial uh, um, products like electric motors, for example, which are a homogeneous uh, product, as uh, as um, uh, Jan said. Uh, but the problem is, um, and and you pointed that out, um, uh, motors they are part of a system. Uh, you know, in in, in an industrial. Um, plant, you have a number of motors, uh, different applications in pumps, ventilations, and so on, and they constitute a, a system from the production, for example, of compressed air uh, until the user. And it's very difficult um, to label or to ca categorize the, the systems because one comp uh, company uses higher pressure than other ones, uh, the distances are larger for some reason, and so on, and that's quite difficult to standardize on, and to make a one one size fits all program and, and characterization uh, of these uh, system aspects. But but if this is now more demanding, can that actually be done, or are there workarounds? Yeah, I think I think so, and I think there are very good instruments uh, in place. Um, the, the the problem also with energy efficiency, um, it is also is often linked to to other in needed investments. So you you have a machine, a running system, and um, as a for instance as an industry client, you don't want to change it until you need to, and you sit you have you have a reinvestment after 20 years or 15 years or whatever. And similar is it to to the building sector. So you have a small window of opportunity where you have to invest. when change happens when change happens, yeah. and as both 
Anfang pointed out, uh, it's it's not that that for for most of these uh, uh, energy efficiency measures, which are really um, uh, ambitious, you need to look at the whole company, at the whole process or a, a whole building. So it's not just uh, buying a new uh, um, yeah not new installation, new TV or something. Uh, so you need uh, consultants for that. You need uh, to plan it, and then you have uh, maybe an an, an and machine which is not working and you need to replace it very urgently so uh, this you is don't also, have the time to yeah you don't have the time and then so you actually have to you have to to plan it you have to to prepare for this moment of time and there are uh, instruments uh, such as that you um, yeah that that uh, companies for instance uh, are um, obligated to do energy audits uh, every year it's, uh, actually they don't they does don't. that apply all over Europe or is that just a German thing no no that's that's a European um, uh, policy it's part of the uh, energy efficiency um, directive um, which has been set up at the European Union level. And one important part are the audits uh, uh, for, for the larger companies and uh, also some, I would say, um, additional uh, support for audits also in smaller, uh, smaller companies. And and just to yeah to explain what what makes this uh, policy which yeah is if you, you see okay they have to do energy audits and okay this is just something on paper but uh, it it changes uh, the the process in the companies because they have to set up at least in larger companies if you have to do an energy audit it's very complex they need to get uh, yeah they need to get consultants in mm -hmm. uh, but they need to establish also someone in the company who is dealing with all this energy yeah. and now with with uh, it's uh, next step with with uh, climate neutrality so. Uh, and this makes them more uh, prepared to the moment where they uh, where they where they can actually plan. Uh, we we, don't, we not only plan the new installations for a new machine because our production changes, but we plan it with regard to energy efficiency. What can we do? And this changes uh, a lot. But of course, for companies, it's always important. Um, uh, what is the saving uh, for for the measure? Uh, and not just energy saving, but also probably financial saving. Financial fa saving, exactly. It changes a little bit in, uh, in the recent years because they are now looking on at climate uh, uh, climate neutrality. So this actually for them as as a as a requirement to do business in the future. But this is another topic. But with regard to energy efficiency, they um, need to um, yeah they, they are prepared uh, more prepared and and uh, uh, but but if it's still then the the uh, the investment they plan is at, is not uh, is not economic feasible because energy prices drop uh, then they won't do it uh, or in the past they uh, didn't do it so there there need to be other instruments so that's why it's more complex you, you can't have uh, only one instrument only uh, uh, information energy audit not only regulation uh, but you need also financial instruments or price-based instruments and uh, i think this 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 is why it is a lot uh, yeah, a lot of different instruments for energy efficiency, which is... I mean, just to give you an idea, uh, coming back to the Odyssey database, it contains... It <laughs> marketing, contains, marketing, marketing. It contains uh, across uh, European Union countries 2,700 energy efficiency measures. So we talk wow. about, uh, let's say, um, there are a few more countries, let's say 30 countries. Having 2,700 measures, it means on average, uh, I mean, across the different sectors, you have uh, close to 100... Uh, measures for each country uh, across the different sectors dealing with energy efficiency in one or the other way that shows the complexity. Can you give us more some through two three more examples? Because Jan, you just said okay, there need also be financial incentives or financial measures. What, can you give me like? 
two or three hands-on other measures that that just to that the audience understands this field of these policy yeah. measures better. I mean, we have uh, a large number of subsidy programs. I mean, before we talked about uh, industrial companies, for example, and especially the smaller ones, they may not easily carry out such audits, uh, as uh, Jan was mentioning. So there are subsidies to support them for the audits, but also subsidies that can support the implementation, for example, of some of the measures that have been discovered in, in the audits. There can be tax deductions, um, um, accelerated depreciation. So there are all kinds of different financial uh, instruments that can help uh, to, to go forward with the energy transition, and especially in companies, but also in, in building sector. And Jan will talk uh, yeah. uh, much more about this a bit later. Uh, there's a lot of support uh, in the building sector to, to do that transformation. Maybe one important instrument um, I have to mention for industry is energy efficiency networks, which is also an instrument which has been uh, uh, developed by, by Fraunhofer and IREs uh, together in projects in Germany and uh, is a very, um, at least in Germany, uh, a very um, successful instrument, but also in other countries. How do they look like? Um, yeah, this is actually a very good instrument because it's, uh, it's, it's an instrument to motivate, uh, um, to inform companies, to motivate them to, to implement energy efficiency measures. And energy efficiency networks is you bring together 10, 15 companies, different branches, uh, and um, for a period of three to four years uh, with a regular uh, exchange, on, uh, they have to uh, set a common target for the network and they get expert input. Uh, for uh, for certain measures they they want to address in their company. So uh, within this this uh, three to four years, they exchange, they see, they they they, they visit each other, they see what the others implemented. They Even see, though they're from different sectors, you say it does. Yeah, it it, it actually works uh, best for for energy efficiency me measures, which are cross sectoral, like motors, for instance, lighting, etc. But meanwhile, since in 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 yeah, since the companies have already done this, these, these cross-sectoral measures, implemented them, there are more and more uh, um, also companies who, who are going together in a network with, which, uh, which are all in the same branch. And in the beginning, it was said, okay, they, they don't want to get an exchange because they're competitors to some extent, but we see that it's, it's also working. And especially if you're looking at, at process technologies, you need to have some, some, uh, yeah, some expertise and some uh, specified measures. So, um, but the original concept is that you'd put together different, um, um, different companies from different and in different sizes, and it's, it's working very well. They, they get more, always what, what we get from, from the company and what also the monitoring of these networks in Germany said that they're very motivated uh, that they have more uh, savings compared to other companies over this uh, years and implement a lot of measures I guess it also gives them identity isn't it yeah. because it gives like I'm part of this network I yeah, want to exactly have a, I, have, I want to reach this goal because the others are also fighting for it and maybe that yeah. motivates them yeah. is that yeah that's is that definitely what you see? true and and uh, and we see that that uh, um, we uh, that this concept is also something uh, for developing countries 
and um, and for, 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 for international uh, use. So we have some some networks setting up in North Africa. We we supporting their uh, GRZ, the German um, uh, support agency, uh, um, and and uh, they, they 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 see that this was working in in, in Germany, in, in in Europe, but also in China. And Wolfgang has also some some uh, some experience in bringing this idea to China. So uh, I think this is uh, it's it's not the only measure, and it's not it's, it doesn't solve all problems because you also need some support for 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 implementation. But I think that is to, to give the energy efficiency another perspective uh, that they get motivated that they want to do it, and they're really also uh, competing a little bit. So if they see another in a company way, though, in a positive in way, they see okay, uh, the other company uh, already implemented something, so I need to do something as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jan and me, we had uh, just two weeks ago a very successful workshop in, in China uh, on, on these networks um, with the idea uh, to, to move broader from energy efficiency to climate networks uh, and to include, for example, also flexibility aspects. Uh, flexibility aspects in companies are important to integrate renewable energy sources that are fluctuating. Uh, so to make the uh, demand more flexible, yeah. less demand and more flexible demand uh, and integrate that in, the, in this idea of the network is, is a very promising approach. And China is uh, most uh, know possibly has also climate neutrality or CO2 neutrality targets by 2060, a little bit later than the European Union. The, the name of this episode today is energy efficiency, uh, energy efficiency first. And we didn't really talk about energy efficiency first yet. So, so that's why, and I have more questions lined up and I'm like, oh, let's see if we all get this done. But where, where, does, where does this energy efficiency first mantra maybe let, comes from? Because when I started at Fraunhofer ISI 10 years ago, you, were, you guys were already talking about energy efficiency first. And there was this other colleague, Clemens, he was energy efficiency first, 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 first. So where does that come from? Why is that such a, such a thing? Yeah, well, at the beginning, we touched upon uh, the the importance of energy efficiency as the basis um, for all supply. Um, uh, the less uh, we need, uh, the less we need, we have to supply and the less impacts we have. This is why there is a natural justification of the energy efficiency first uh, principle. And this is a bit opposed to, let's say, um, due to the complexity which Jan described, um, there was less attention to, to, to this uh, energy efficiency progress than for the supply side. Just to give you an idea. Supply side would be would be wind and solar and yeah, and but yeah. also fossil fuels still. Okay. Yeah, but just to give you an, an idea, uh, I mean the the very first very efficient um, instruments at European Union level, the re first renewable directive for uh, was introduced in two thousand and one, and the very first um, efficient. Um, I would say um, policy frame for energy efficiency, the energy efficiency directive was introduced 2012, so 10 years later. That's quite late, even especially since we since we had bu bu building standards in Germany since the, I don't know, 70s, 80s? Um, yeah, the first yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's like 30 years later. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, there were individual components which were much earlier, like the building standards uh, that existed already in uh, at least the uh, beginning of the 70s. Uh, so so that has some period, but, but really a common frame uh, as was, has been set up for renewables uh, for energy efficiency only existed after 2012. And that was also the moment when one recognized this, I would say, imbalance. And uh, in order to cope rationally with that imbalance, uh, it was proposed uh, to make energy efficiency more prominent. And for that purpose, also in the policy frame, uh, the energy efficiency first principle 
was defined roughly speaking, it says when you make a decision, uh, do I uh, need to consume energy? Uh, do I, um, can I save the energy? And what is perhaps the most economic um, option for me? Um, then you have to make this, this transparent. You should consider the, the option and frequently it's energy efficiency, which is the more economic option, especially if you have a broader look. In the long run as well, isn't it? In Not the long just run, in, yeah. yeah. And also if you have a broader look at the, um, at the benefits of energy efficiency in different fields, then you would often make the decision uh, in, um, in the direction of reducing your energy consumption. Uh, but as I said, there are a number of barriers. And if you don't rationalize this process, um, it doesn't go the right way. Just to give you an idea, the German network planning, the electricity network planning, the gas network plannings, they are based on, on a quite detailed process of um, uh, perspective. What are we going to consume in terms of energy? But these scenarios are not the most um, ambitious one. And this is why right from the beginning uh, in such a process, we implement a need for energy, which in fact we may not have. And in consequence, we set up the infrastructures to satisfy needs, which in fact may, are, not, be are, there. may not be there. Yeah. Yeah. Jan, five minutes ago you said, yes, energy efficiency is important, but now companies need to also not just look at energy efficiency, but also actually need to decarbonize. You talked about CO2 emissions. Yeah. So now Wolfgang was elaborating on this energy efficiency first, 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 first. But on the other hand, I was wondering, isn't that maybe, and that might now I'm maybe a devil's advocate, but is energy efficiency first the right way to go if we actually don't really care about if energy, but we care about decarbonization and, cl and climate utility? I think it's 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 the right way to go uh, as 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 part of decarbonization, and of course, um, um, the question is, what does it mean in in if you operational it? So if what it what's when does it stop? So, is it that energy efficiency first means you should reduce your energy demand in buildings or in a certain building uh, by by eighty percent, and then you should uh, um, change to renewables, or could it also be that you by case by case This could be you do just a smaller energy efficiency investment and you change to a renewable heating system, and it it, it depends. Um, uh, it depends really on the on the situation and when when comes the opportunity. So if if one for instance one building owner uh, says. Um, Uh, the heating system his heating system breaks down and uh, he has still a high heat demand in the building in 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 the past or still many uh, energy consultants would say you need to uh, reduce first before you can uh, build in a, a heat pump for instance because a heat pump is more efficient in in in, in buildings where you have lower heat demand lower uh, temperatures mm -hmm. but Uh, if you uh, if you reduce your uh, your uh, energy demand your heat demand by by 50 you do energy efficiency um, and you build again a fossil fuel boiler in your building then that's not the, the, then we don't uh, achieve the targets and the fossil fuel boiler will be there for 20 or 25 years so in my opinion uh, then he, he should uh, she should really invest uh, he or she should invest in in, in, in in a heat heat pump and should do uh, um, for, as a first steps, uh, energy efficiency uh, measures which lowers the temperature that the um, heat pump is more efficient and then um, um, subsequently um, do more efficiency afterwards. So it's not, for me, it's not a mantra that you have to do, you have to do it either, uh, or. either yeah. or, you have to do both, but it, it depends really on the on the opportunity, on the uh, the window of opportunity which comes up. If you, if you really, and, 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 and heating systems are more often 
change than than the building shelf itself. So the building hell. So so that's 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 why. But of course, then in the in the in the in the next years it should do more energy efficiency. But you you also need the the window of opportunity. So the the energy efficiency first principle should not be. Uh, yeah, in, in, in target which is set, it depends on, 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 of course, on the sector, on the concrete uh, situation, uh, also on uh, on the investor, especially in the building sector. Mm. Well, I, I would a little <laughs> bit oppose. Uh, That's good. So, That's so, good. So, so <laughs> some of what uh, Jan said. Let me elaborate perhaps a bit uh, on that. I mean, um, you, you presented a bit in a neutral way. Okay, I, I, I isolate a building to save 80% of energy uh, or 50% of, of energy. And then I put heat pumps, which are decarbonized and which are efficient. I'm, I'm totally with you on, on this. Um, uh, but um, for me, it's not totally equal. And uh, in my way, one should very early um, uh, go for a very efficient solution. And why is that? So um, I already touched about, upon the consequences of our NGOs. I mean, electricity for heat pumps comes from somewhere. And um, this electricity needs to be generated, for example, by wind converters. And just a few days ago, I saw some nice pictures from the early days in California uh, where they set up, you know, uh, wind converters everywhere where you look. You mean and windmills or wind, wind, wind turbines? Windmills. Wind, wind turbines. Go to northern Germany. Uh, if you take the train and you go from here to Berlin, uh, you pass some areas where you have a lot of um, wind very converters. Nice. Looks very nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some say yes, uh, some say no. Yeah, yeah so exactly. There's also acceptance issue. But let me say, I mean, they are, as I, as I said at the beginning, um, they have impacts on biodiversity. They have impacts on land uses. They have impacts on, on the material uses. And our countries are, are small. And we need to be very careful with that. We have a lot of problems with biodiversity. Uh, and so every time we impact on 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 nature uh, there is a danger that we exploit nature too much and this is why for me um ha saving 50 percent or 80 percent is not totally equivalent when i look at all these uh, different ramification at, at the longer longer term of course but i think uh, if i if i may um you have to consider the, the the situation of the of the investors in the building sectors is private building owners so the question is um, that the building owner does not have um, um, like a, a money uh, in, in in bags laying around so the question is uh, there, there come a window of opportunity when, when they can do it, when they can do energy efficiency objects, uh, um, uh, for instance, retrofits of the building, especially when they see they have to do uh, something on the on the facade anyway, or the the roof is not uh, not good anymore. Uh, and the similar is for the cohesion system. The only, only thing, uh, or what I would criticize, if if energy consultant come in and said, um, now your your oil boiler is broken down. Uh, but you can't implement, you can't, you can't install a heat pump now because your building is not ready for it. Because you have to do first energy efficiency measures. You have to do, you have to spend sixty thousand, uh, sixty to hundred thousand euros first, and then you can think about a heat pump. And then the heat pump is very efficient. When you when you put the heat pump now, you have a, a, a efficiency of three CO two P of of three. That means one kilowatt hours uh, electricity makes three kilowatt hours uh, heat. But if you if you if you reduce your energy demand and and you save money, uh, and then the effic the efficiency of the heat pump is four to five. 
and what does the building owner uh, does then? Then he don't have the 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 money to do the investment right now. So what uh, what he or she will do is to he will uh, put in another gas boiler, efficient gas boiler, compared to his to his previous gas boiler. And that's still a also, gas boiler. It's still a gas boiler. And this is what what actually was energy consultants are. Uh, uh, what, what they're saying is best at this situation, and it, and I would say that's not good. It's not for good for for achieving the targets because the opportunity to change the spoiler is gone for the next twenty to thirty years. Yeah. So I don't say that energy efficiency. They don't need to do energy efficiency, but you you have to be careful that that we that we claim to do and every occasion to do it first. I would always recommend that. I would always say. Uh, I would always present the building owner to say these are the steps, but uh, there are also renovation roadmaps as an instrument, which is a very good instrument. You say, okay, you don't have to do all at the same point of time. You have to to start with something, and what you can start depends on the uh, on the situation. Of course, you can if you if you do energy efficiency measures first, then you can reduce the the capacity needed in the in the heat pump, of course, but. It is not that easy from a technical, poorly technical point of view. Uh, sure, you have to reduce first, and then you do, do to put it in. But in the reality, at some in some situations, sometimes uh, you you have to switch what you do first, and this is just uh, the, the, the the yeah the point I wanted to make. <laughs> <laughs> One last reply, Wolfgang. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I, I do see the point uh, about individual decisions, and this is essentially also where I see the policy role. Uh, I mean. I have been a young family and we had exactly these problems. And in fact, there is never enough money um, to do a full um, renovation of my building. I mean, my building is from 1952 uh, and um, I did a bit of pieces here and there. And so overall, it was not fully consistent. Uh, essentially, I mean, I used some policy instruments to make it cheaper, let's say, but uh, it wasn't a full uh, and comprehensive uh, renovation of, of the building. And I think this is where we need to support and help uh, the building owners because I fully see the point uh, for the individual owner, um, there are um, only a certain number of points. But let me also point to past dependencies which we put into place. I mean, the building shell um, takes a very long time, has a very long um, uh, living time, and we talk more about um, 30, 50, or even more years. Uh, and these cycles are very long compared to the targets we have to achieve by 2050. Yeah. Okay. And I think, <laughs> okay. And I think there's, as as Jan pointed out, and you also agreed, it's, 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 it, you, if you look at the individual building, there's always, yeah, you always have to cater for that local building or for that local household. But yet on the policy, level you really have to look okay what can what, what has the biggest impact on the, on the whole system isn't it and that sometimes is also also tricky before we got into this little conversation or this little debate here which i really liked because it was the first time <laughs> in the new podcast here uh, Wolfgang, you you mentioned a word and it's called it's benefits and there is this yeah kind of the whole literature of co-benefits for for energy efficiency and before we now go and zoom in a little bit on the building sector this would be the last topic that i would like to cover with you what what are what are co-benefits when we talk about energy efficiency yeah. Um, uh, essentially, you can group uh, co-benefits into, into three categories. You have uh, environmental uh, benefits, uh, you have uh, benefits uh, related to, uh, to economic uh, aspects, uh, and you have uh, benefits related to, to, to health uh, aspects and, and other comfort factors. And to illustrate it with a few examples, I mean, the 
um, health impacts uh, when you save energy, for example, in cars, um, uh, then you emit less, uh, for example, uh, as long as it's a, it's a um, uh, fossil fueled, uh, fueled car, you emit less NOx, for example, uh, there are less impacts on people with, with lung uh, problems and, and so on. So, so you can have health problems. Um, you can also, um, another benefit is the poorer households, um, if they consume less money for, uh, for energy, they have more money for the other basic purposes. If they have had enough money to, to have uh, an efficient building shell, isn't it? You know? Exactly, exactly. But if, uh, I mean, I make always the example of my, um, Mother in, in, in law, she, she's old now, 84. She lives in an old farm building and, um, there's no energy efficiency measure at all. And every year she has to fill up a, a tank, uh, oil tank of 2000 liters. And today one liter is one euro. And so 2000 liters are 2000 euro. And you can imagine my mother in law, she, she doesn't have a, uh, a big pension, a, a big pension, mm. let's say. So 2000 euro constitute possibly, I would say, uh, two two months of of her pension, which goes uh, just uh, just into that tank, and this is why um, such a benefit uh, that she could possibly um, have a more comfortable life in in, in the building and gets uh, takes uh, have some more money, and finally another aspect which is very high on the agenda today, energy security. I mean, um, uh, with renewables, the problem is less. Dramatic because usually we use renewables, um, uh, domestic renewables, which, which are in our country. But increasingly, you have also discussion, for example, about hydrogen. And hydrogen is, uh, in order to be carbon neutral, should be produced from renewables. And we we need huge amount of renewables for that. And uh, for example, country like Germany, uh, possibly most European countries are not large enough have not enough space to produce so much renewables and so much hydrogen, and then new import dependencies arise. Hydrogen is produced in sun-rich, wind-rich uh, countries, maybe Northern Africa, others. And these are new dependencies, and we see today with the dependencies on fossil fuel how hard this can be uh, uh, in order to have a, a reasonable uh, geopolitical uh, approach. Yeah, and I guess it's also it's also easy to say we have to get it from different sources, but then you maybe change one dependency to a next dependency, yes. and you're not exactly. way better off, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, just to to give you one figure, I mean, uh, Germany had an energy efficiency target for the year 2020, so uh, two years ago, we missed this energy efficiency target de facto by half, and if we would have achieved this energy efficiency target, it's roughly the equivalent of what we import from Russia today uh, in terms of natural gas. So uh, in order to simplify, we could have already saved over the past decade, let's say, the equivalent uh, of the gas we import from Russia today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which then would also ease the whole geopolitical uh, situation that we're in right now. For the last minutes, let's zoom in on uh, on the building sector, uh, and there Jan comes into the game. Jan, maybe also with with in the background, having in mind all the the, uh, the geopolitical crisis that we're having with the invasion uh, by Russia of Ukraine. Why is build the building sector so relevant, and maybe not just in Germany, but overall in Europe? And what what are measures that we can do in order to not just be efficient, but maybe also to decrease the 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 the, the, in, the dependence of gas from the east. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the building sector is, is um, one of the, the important sector with regard to energy demand and, and CO2 emissions, especially with regard to energy demand. And in, in Europe, um, um, the, the, the energy used for, for heating and cooling, I mean, it also includes uh, process heating in industry, but it's less than in the building sector, is 50% of the total final energy demand. So 50% is uh, heating and cooling. Cooling is very small part. Uh, is increasing but it's uh, it's the heating part is very very important and um, yeah and, and this is important and as Wolfgang pointed out I mean there are measures to to uh, significantly reduce it and it, these measures are unknown the technology is here uh, to to do to reduce it by energy efficiency measures and uh, and to and of course to to um, that the heat supply could be uh, also uh, transferred to to renewables uh, and also these technologies are available, they are produced, they are um, you can buy it and and and, and, and yeah it is, this is so the the some sometimes a little bit uh, uh, difficult to understand that it's very um, that we don't yeah that we didn't meet the, the ambitious targets because uh, we know what what to do. And, uh, and there's a lot of measures in place, isn't there's it? A lot but, of measures. But why, why? What's your take? Why is it taking yeah, the, so slow? Why are we so slow? Yeah, the, 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 you you talk about um, in the building sector. You talk about uh, um, individual buildings. So uh, in Germany, we have uh, twenty-two million. Uh, uh, buildings and they are, of course they're not um, we have not 24 million building owners but most of them this is single building owners we have some uh, private owner private owners who rent out buildings and we have some to a, a smaller extent we have um, building agencies and and they they uh, building companies who, who own building stock um, so they, 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 you you talk about you, you you talk about investors because when we in other sectors when we talk about the the energy sector and renewables we have like investors who are investing in in, in wind uh, parks and PV stations etc and and now the investors are building owners they they don't they're not interested in in the it's not there they they have other jobs so they're not dealing in normal life usually they don't deal with that uh, uh, but they, they're operating a heating system. System in their in their cellar, and they have uh, they, they consume um, um, energy. So um, there are a lot of individual decision making, individual situations you have to consider. Uh, and as Wolfgang pointed out, you have this long reinvestment cycle. So when you when you don't have a, a need for for doing something, so it's not, nothing is is broken. Your your building facade looks good. Uh, there's actually no need to, to do something. So there, there could be different drivers uh, and there are a lot of barriers and drivers could be the, the energy prices went up as uh, in, in the case of your mother-in-law, but then you have the, the problem if, if you have all the building owners and they should invest a lot and it, it pays off over 15, 20 years. Uh, it's also not not a solution for them because if they are all of this, they 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 don't get normally um, a huge loan. Uh, and, and 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 the question is even if they have some le uh, leftover, some some money leftovers. Or the question is if they invest into yeah, the house, yeah, or in, and if yeah. they invest in or the house, in the big or car, they, yeah, <laughs> or in the big car that both of us talking about. So there are a lot of uh, yeah different uh, um, different challenges and. Um, 
uh, and of course there is um, not that much uh, transparency with, within this sector of course when we talk about it there are a lot of you see a lot of information campaigns and you but but normally if you don't deal with it uh, you you are not uh, you, you the first time you you deal with it is something broke broke down and then you have to decide uh, very fast. urgently, fast, and, and, and then... <laughs> and normally it's October, November maybe. Yeah. And, and uh, this, this is uh, really a, a huge problem. And uh, at the moment, at least in the last year uh, during uh, COVID, uh, we also saw that, um, um, and, and it's becoming more and more obvious, the, the problem was, was that we have a lack of, uh, um, yeah, of craftsmen, uh, who, who do who can do that the, implement it properly but also like on the quantity this will be also a bottleneck even now we see at least in Germany it changed a lot of people when they had to stay at home in a home office they, they started to to uh, look at their buildings at their time and then they, they and we saw it in the numbers of uh, energy um, uh, consultants uh, went uh, up and a lot of um, uh, subsidies um, more and more subsidies um, for, for measures but the, the bottleneck are the at the moment uh, the, the craftsmen yeah 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 when you when you when you look at the different so this you know this podcast is a European podcast so when you when we look at different systems you know different countries um, can you give us an overview of of the structure how warmth is provided in different building sectors because you said or like that in Germany it's 50% gas 25% oil maybe more or less than roughly probably and and you said this we have this strong bottleneck with installers and craftsmen yeah. if we look at, look at other countries how do they heat their homes do they have the same bottlenecks is there some ideas that you and like insights you can give yeah. us so in in, uh, in other uh, countries you have different uh, as you said pointed out you have of course different building structures you can, but this is an, you can, yeah, there's solution. So if the building is differently built, then you still can have energy efficiency measures on, on the building uh, shelf. Um, so it's not a technology problem, but you have different, as, as you said, different uh, energy supply structures. In Eastern Europe, you have a high share of district heating, uh, and this is also uh, you could do an, an podcast on, on district heating, energy efficiency, maybe with my colleague Eftim. <laughs> in, in East Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, so, uh, but also in, in Northern Europe countries, you have more, uh, more uh, district heating. Um, uh, and direct, direct and electricity. electricity, direct electricity, as is in Norway, exactly. And uh, then you have um, uh, you have uh, in other countries high de dependency of, on gas, as it is in Germany. Uh, in France, there is uh, also high uh, or to a certain extent electricity. Uh, you would think that's more because uh, in, in France is very reliant on, on on nuclear, nuclear power, yes. but uh, mm. it's, it's not it's still gas is a major uh, energy carrier for for heating. Um, so yeah, at the moment, um, most of new buildings uh, received uh, even direct um, electric heaters, and that was a bit of a problem because they created not a even huge heat pumps, but like direct not electric, direct electric um, because it was very cheap, very cheap, uh, and uh, it efficient. created yeah. a huge winter peak. And this is why France, uh, for example, in January in particular, is is struggling a cold January week or, or two now because they have to to cope with this huge peak when people turn on the electric heating and when uh, the nuclear power plants that run flat uh, cannot provide enough power, then they are very happy to, to import some renewable energy from, from winter. <laughs> from other countries, yeah. 
Yeah, and of course the building stock looks looks different. So the, with regard to energy efficiency, there are differences that that, that countries have uh, invested more already in, in in energy efficiency measures or have in younger building stock. I would say, uh, and this is uh, definitely um, yeah the, the the difference. But at the end, when we talk now, we talk about climate neutrality in all uh, sectors across Europe. So before you could say there can be different pathways to these different countries with if you if you want to reach this minus eighty percent. But now it's climate neutrality, so there is a, the 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 solutions are very narrow. So you you have to do energy efficiency, energy efficiency first. This is always was always in in, in uh, solution, and then you have to get rid of the of the fossil fuel. It's easy as it as it is. So and there is efficient heating systems for that, not direct uh, electricity, but uh, heat pumps, biomass. Exactly, boilers, that's much more efficient uh, and mm -hmm. and uh, to, to some extent then also uh, solar thermal but not efficient gas boilers so and 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 of course district heating and district heating is a very uh, good opportunity but you have to deal also with the efficiency of district heating networks you uh, and it fits well together actually with energy efficiency measures in in, in buildings and in the past we always said okay it's not uh, if you if you reduce heat demand in, in buildings which are connected to a district heating network, uh, you, you lower the, the the heat density, so the, there's a lot more um, more losses in the in the district heating network, so it doesn't fit well together. But the district heating networks are fired uh, currently mostly also by fossil fuels, by coal power plants, etc. So they need in the next uh, in the next years they need to also invest in new installations in in, in renewable installations in large heat pumps biomass plants uh, etc. And following the energy efficiency first principle, lowering the demand would mean you need to install less new capacity of these installations. Of course, if you have a running system, you have your power plant, you're not interested in, in your coal power plant you, because it's already installed the capacity. But in, in, in a world where we have to uh, transform this sector, this distribution sector as well, energy efficiency uh, helps to reduce uh, the needed investments uh, for for utilities so it it, it, it uh, even if you have more losses than in the uh, relative in in the in the network so that's that is something uh, which need to be considered especially in countries where you have a lot of uh, uh, high district heating uh, demand yeah and I think that's that's probably one of the key measures. However, when you look at district heating and when you look, as you said, like coal power plants or something, where the heat comes from, the question is how long will we have these coal power plants online? So there is also, as Wolfgang pointed out before, like these lock-ins and path dependencies. It's 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 it it's it, it, it's nice and it sounds so easy, but even there, you also have a lot yeah. of challenges yeah, involved, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. All right. But well, positively spoken, there's a lot of technology progress. Uh, I yeah. mean, if you look to 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 district heating, I mean, uh, compared to 50 years ago, uh, district heating has made huge progress, and also it gets more and more. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, if you think in terms of uh, coping with renewables, um, the district heating networks can also support the integration of renewable energy sources. Um, when we have too much, um, the heat system can take up, um, and so on, and, and being also a kind of storage uh, system in a, in a way. Yeah. So now we come to an end, but I would like to ask each of you to one like final statement about like what what do you think is the biggest challenge and how do you in the next five to ten years and how do you envision our yeah our European systems to be in twenty thirty and yeah like bring it on like bring on your your doubts and but bring on also your hopes. Do you want to start, Wolfgang? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, we have a very um, uh, a quickly ongoing process now. So I would say uh, renewables are um, will disappear relatively rapidly in most applications. Sorry, not renewables, uh, fossil fuels. <laughs> I was sorry, the end here. Fossil, fossil fuels will disappear um, uh, mo uh, most rapidly. And now I would say in, in the coming, in the decade, up to, you mentioned 2030 as the time frame. I Sell think that to the Norwegians. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but um, beyond that, uh, there will uh, continue to be this discussion which we had here uh, at several occasions between how much uh, supply is good and needed and how much uh, demand is good and needed. And there we touched upon the many dimensions uh, be behind that. And this is an ongoing uh, process and has past dependencies, uh, as, as you said, Uh, so I hope uh, by the middle of the century, um, this long-term vision, we have to half at least our energy consumption and doing the rest with carbon-free fuels um, is something we can achieve. It requires still a lot of technology development and overcoming a number of barriers uh, as we touched upon. Yeah, cool. Jan? Yeah, uh, f f maybe what I already said, the bottleneck, I think, are the, the, the craftsmen's installers. And mm. I think we, we need to, to challenge that. We need to see that people who, uh, th that more people go in this uh, industry and, and work for that. Smart people work for that. Maybe also some, some uh, yeah, some, some larger companies, some startups who, who, who do something uh, in there. So this is, this is I think, very in, in bottleneck. Even if you have quite good, if 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 we implement all good policy measures, you need to to have the you need to convince the people. That's that's, uh, and I think that that's changed uh, um, in the last years. And uh, but then you need to to have enough, uh, uh, yeah people who, who implement that this that will, will be a bottleneck and I'm I'm yeah I'm a little bit skeptical at the moment at least for the next uh, five years if, if the, that is something we, we we have at the moment and I hope that there are some also some smart uh, yeah uh, ideas uh, to to overcome that um, this challenge but I'm also optimistic as you know so uh, and and I think that the, the new the the recast of the uh, of the EPPD also uh, says What's the EPPD? of the European uh, building performance uh, directive that uh, has the goal that to to that 50% of the heating by 2030 is um, of 49% is um, is renewable uh, heating Uh, and I think that that would be uh, so my, my vision uh, uh, for 2030. And if we use every opportunity, so if everyone thinks uh, changing heating system uh, has something on, on the roof to, to fix on the facade, if we, if we, if we use really uh, all opportunities, um, uh, then this vision uh, yeah, can come true. And I hope so, yeah. And uh, we, I think we we, st we will uh, work uh, we will work on it. Uh, and energy uh, prices will help us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was it like two euros for one liter of diesel yeah. this week in Germany or something? Uh, two twenty-eight this morning, uh, just in front here. Ah, okay, yeah. uh, two twenty-eight. Okay. okay, so maybe that helps. But yeah, obviously that brings up other issues. For example, like yeah. just transitions. So as you said, you know, as Wolfgang was. Re uh, um, reviving to to his uh, mother-in-law. All right, gentlemen, thanks a lot for joining. How, how can people reach you if they're interested in your work and uh, maybe reach out to your to your organizations? Wolfgang. 
Well, I have a website uh, at Fraunhofer. <laughs> and you can, really? <laughs> you can find. <laughs> yeah, but, I will but, link it definitely into the show notes. So we so. can link it possibly here. Uh, it was a pleasure for me to be to invited to talk uh, with Jan and you about uh, energy efficiency first. Uh, so uh, thanks a lot for the invitation and thanks to the audience in particular also. Cool. Jan? Yeah, you can either uh, call Wolfgang and he has my uh, my number now. <laughs> Your telephone uh, number. Uh, my telephone number now, but you, uh, I, I'm also, uh, uh, also active on, on LinkedIn, so you can find me on LinkedIn and uh, happy to, to connect there. But of course, our website uh, is also available, but maybe this is the easiest way uh, to connect. Cool. So if you're interested in doing projects with Fraunhofer or with IRES, then uh, yeah, let these gentlemen know. That's it from today. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you in a week. Bye-bye. Hey folks, that's it for this episode on energy efficiency of the Antenu Energy Transition podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you learned something and that you take some things with you from this podcast episode. I hope that you tune in next week again. As you know, every Thursday there's a new episode coming out. Up until then, I would be flattered if you would tell a colleague or a friend about this podcast so that we can build this community and accelerate the energy transition together in Europe and maybe even globally. All the best to you. Take care. Goodbye.